Are you tired of your content not getting the reach it deserves? Change that at Grow With Video Summit. From May 23rd through the 25th, join industry leaders like Gary Vee, Ali Abdal, Patrick Bet David, Cody Sanchez, and more for strategies that will elevate your visibility and engagement. So go to summit.thinkmedia.com to secure your ticket. Just click the link in the description or go to summit.thinkmedia.com. Do you realize one policy by president can destroy 90% of mainstream media? You know what this policy is? Let me break it down for you. Patrick Bet David, founder and CEO of PHP, one of the top insurance firms in America. Entrepreneur, author, and the creator of Valuetainment on YouTube. Everybody knows him. Patrick Bet David. Patrick Bet David. Patrick Bet David. This is a very chaotic year 2024. So, how do you capitalize? And the fact that we're CBS, we're ABC, we're such and such. No, no, no. Guess what? We're Mr. Beast. We're Sean Cannell. We're this Joe Rogan. This is going to flip in ways nobody is expecting. The future looks bright for those who create great content. This is just the beginning for us. I learned a long time ago, guys who take their game to a whole different level. When I say level, I'm talking Brady status, Musk status, Jordan status. They have a combination of three things that others don't have. Welcome back to the Think Media Podcast. I'm sitting here with Patrick Bed David. And just a few hours ago, we started to kind of rally in Instagram DMs, talk to Mario on his team. Here we are on a private jet. You just got done speaking in Vegas. Yes. And we made this happen. Yes. So I'm fired up. You're back on the podcast. We want to talk about uh, Choose Your Enemies Wisely. You got a new book. Yep. Uh, want to talk about YouTube, uh, this 2024, what are your predictions and strategies for content creators, business owners. But I actually got to get your opinion. Do you think Elon just destroyed X, formerly Twitter? He uh, told advertisers to go F themselves because they pulled ad revenue because he made some comments that were kind of endorsing an anti-Semitic story, kind of even a like a, a pro-Nazi post. He said that he he kind of like, if you threaded it, he sort of clarified his thoughts. But nevertheless, do you think he's being flagrant? Do you think it's no big deal? It's all going to blow over? Do you think it was a strategy? What are your thoughts? So when you're one of one, you get away with things that others don't get away with. Number two, when you have a reputation of coming through and winning and disrupting the marketplace, you have a level of confidence in yourselves that other don't, others don't. Number three, when you're doing it for a vision and a cause that's not money, you're not doing it for money. You don't need to be begging people for money. You know how much power there is in the word no. Think about the power of no, not the power of yes, but the power of no. He's telling advertisers that are telling him to have a certain position go F yourself. Do you realize like for the longest time, these guys are mobsters. They control, they say things like to media, like a CNN or an MSNBC or CBS or ABC or ESPN saying, Hey, your host, the other day said this, he's got to kind of back down a little bit with that. Hey, that guy will pay you a hundred million dollars per year. He can't say that again. She's got to take that out again. So these companies are controlled by these advertisers. Dana White the other day talked about what he did with Peloton and this company, we're having a meeting with them here. And he's telling her the story when he brought in uh, uh, Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch. He said, there was this other company telling me, hey, you can't say good things about that guy. Or else, who the hell do you think you are to tell me what to do this? It's flip today. The flip today's advertisers are no longer able to put the fear into these guys with the money that they could control for the longest time because they're showing backbone. Do you know how attractive it is for somebody to have backbone? For somebody to come back and say, no, you can't control me. You can't do this to me. 
what Elon's been doing, he goes from being the guy everybody admires and they want to go, you know, follow him and be like him. And a year and a half ago, whatever, October of last year, he buys Twitter. He starts saying things on Twitter. Then he becomes the most hated man in business and he can't do anything wrong in their eyes. But a guy like him is going to win and he's going to prevail and he's going to find plenty of true believers that want to work for him. I read a headline that said the mainstream media is dying. Um, what shifts do you see happening? You're talking about that. Things are shifting and you're a disruptor yourself. Yeah. What's your opinion? I, I love the fact that they're they're sitting there scared. Do you realize one policy by president can destroy 90% of mainstream media? You know what this policy is? Let me break it down for you. Watch this. So if all of a sudden the president goes out there and says, hey, American people, do you know how many countries in the world allow pharmaceutical companies to advertise on TV and social media? How many? Two. Two. I didn't know that. Yeah. Do you know what those two countries are? What? America and New Zealand. Why New Zealand? So Germany doesn't? No. Canada doesn't allow? No. Italy? No. Spain? Brazil? No. Russia? No. UK? No. It's only US and New Zealand. Why not? Well, because pharmaceutical companies are giving so much money to these media companies and these media company announcers and hosts and talent have to do whatever they can with these pharmaceutical companies because if they don't, a lot of the profit of these big media companies coming from who? Pharma, big pharma. So what if a president goes out there and does an executive order saying, moving forward, pharmaceutical companies can no longer advertise, just like, you know what company can't advertise on TV today? They can sell their product, but you never see their commercials on TV. What is it? When's the last time you saw a cigarette commercial? When's the last time we saw a big commercial? What if a president makes the case and you and I sit there and we're like, you know what? He's got a good point. She's got a good point. Why are we allowing this? Why should we allow him to do this kind of stuff? Why don't you allow the doctor to make the recommendation to me? And I'll take the counsel from the doctor, but I don't need a billion dollars of advertising budget for, you know, this pharma thing that I got to take. So to me, there's three things holding them back. One is big pharma advertising. Number two is boomers that still watch TV. And number three, you know what the last one is that scares the crap out of mainstream media is the one thing they have control of that basketball teams like the Suns and Salt Lake, Utah, some of these teams are disrupting. It is called sports. If sports goes on digital, Hulu, Amazon, if sports teams say moving forward, you want to watch the Suns, go download the Suns app. It's $9.99 a month and you can watch us. What if the Lakers go on their own app? What if the Knicks go on their own app? What if Tampa Bay goes on their own app? Oh my God, we don't need the contracts anymore. No, what if Super Bowl goes on all these other apps and OTT start giving those contracts? So mainstream media is shivering right now with disruption and they're in the begging mode, but behind closed doors, some of these old-timer guys that are on their way out, they're like, man, we better get our money. Look what happened at Disney last 12, 18 months. They lost $195 billion, give or take, on valuation. 56% their stock is down. Bob Iger just come out came out today and said he's going to be stepping out by 2026. Here's one of the greatest executives we've had the last 30, 38 years, 40 years, has done some of the biggest deals, Pixar, Star Wars. Who He's bought everybody. And now right of a lifetime becomes finishing up the way you are right now because you forgot who your customer was. You went from realizing, you know what the customer for, you know when Disney's number one customer is? The person who's got control of the remote control. Who is that? You and I. Who are we? We're parents, not Family. the kids. They forgot we're the customer. How does Bob Iger forget that you and I are the customer? What happened to him? 
The moment you forget the number one rule, know your customer. He forgot they're getting destroyed back to back to back movies that are flops. So mainstream media's uh, is being clobbered and guys like Elon, Dana, sports team, some of these other guys, couple policies. If those things go through, their lifespan is five, 10, 15 years, maybe shorter. You bring up sports. And so uh, I'm curious if you heard this, you're a sports guy. You just became part owner, owner of the New York Yankees. Yep. Um, so Marissa Solis said this, and she's actually the SVP of global brand consumer marketing of the NFL. Check this out. 33% of Gen Z doesn't watch live games. And what the NFL has been doing has been tapping into the creator economy to reach them. So they're collaborating with influencers. They're calling it the helmets off strategy, trying to showcase players on and off. One big example was Mr. Beast had Tom Brady on. You're always speaking into culture. You just talked about what happens if sports take things back. What is your thoughts about Gen Z's behaviors? If they're not watching live games, the NFL is trying to pivot to creators. Right. What do you think the power of creators is and, and maybe why the NFL as a um, as a corporation is doing this? They have no choice. I mean, Mr. Beast does a video, gets 80 million views, 100 million. You don't have a choice. The Super Bowl is 104 million views. So think about a guy that starts a YouTube channel, got three, 400 million subscribers, does a video, gets 100 million views, and you are the NFL. Your name is Roger Godell. And you say to advertise, well, let me tell you, the reason why it's so important to spend $5.2 million for a 30-second commercial on Super Bowl is because you get 104 million people watching. It's the most watched sporting event in America, right? But these young guys are no longer watching it. Where are they getting their stuff? They're maybe watching highlights. They're just going watching reruns. Maybe they're watching post-game. They kind of want the fastest thing to get. So they got to go get the younger people to be participating. Look what happened all of a sudden. All these Chiefs games are selling out. Why? All these, you know, everywhere they go on the road, the Jets, wherever they go, some because Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift's got a few hundred million followers. They're understanding who's in charge and they do not like that. Mm. This is a scary direction it's going. Those who pivot and adjust accordingly will win. But the days of bullying are behind us. The days of guys leveraging their pulpit, and the fact that we're CBS, we're ABC, we're such and such. No, no, no. Guess what? We're Mr. Beast. We're Sean Cannell. We're this Joe Rogan. We're this, this. Oh my God, we kind of need those guys to come and help us out with this. Of course they are. This is going to flip in ways nobody is expecting except for guys like you, guys like us who are content creators. The future looks bright for those who create great content. This is just the beginning for us. Yeah. Yeah. And so... You have some predictions and some thoughts about 2024. Yes. Let's go macro first, and then let's go specific for creators. So macro, what are your predictions? You just mentioned those who, if you don't pivot, you're in trouble. So how do we prepare? What do you see coming? So first of all, it's going to be very chaotic here. I mean, you're, you're, you're going to see uh, 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 Trump, Biden. You saw yesterday Newsom, DeSantis. Politically, it's going to be crazy. Interest rates, corporations having to pay their payments. If interest rates don't go down, People are worried if interest rates do go down. Let's just say right now, mortgage rates are at seven and a quarter, 30 or fixed. You got a 720, 740, let's say it's seven and a half percent. If rates, and by the way, real estate value hasn't dropped, it keeps going higher. So they're increasing the rates and real estate value is still going higher. And people are not selling homes because they're not dropping a 2.85, 3% interest rate that they got a year and a half ago, two years ago. But what happens if all of a, all of a sudden they lower the rates? 
What happens if Powell is forced to lower the rates? What happens there? These real estate values are going to skyrocket. So what happens if it skyrockets? The whole concept of the rich got richer and the poor got poor, it's going to be on steroids mm. what happens in the next 12 months. On steroids. You could potentially, the IPO market's going to come back in 2024. You're going to see the IPO market in 2023 is one of the worst IPO seasons we ever had, 2023. Horrible. 2024. You're going to see some IPOs coming out, 2025 on fire. If somebody on the right gets elected as a president, if you remember the day Trump got elected as a president, stock market the next day, boom, skyrocketed way before he even did anything with policies. Today, uh, the left is not happy with the president that they have. The right is not happy with the president that the left has today with Joe Biden. The numbers are not looking good. It's so bad right now that yesterday, a governor from Florida who's running for president is debating a governor from California, Newsom, who's not running for office right now. Why are they on the stage? Do they know something the rest of us don't know? This is a very chaotic year, 2024. So how do you capitalize? When COVID happened, what happened all of a sudden? Next thing you know, meet Kevin, 1.5 million subscribers. Wow, this guy's great. Well, who is this guy? Oh, Graham Stephan. Who is that guy? People were popping up left and right. And they were doing daily lives. And here's what's going on. Let me give you an update on this. Let me give you an update on this. 2024, if it's a chaotic year, the talent who is able to react to comments quickly and get creative and start using some of this new AI that's coming out, that's allowing you to import a three-hour podcast that you did. And this AI spits out your top 20 clips and which one it edits it for you. It puts video over it. It puts captions over it. It gives you a title and a description to post. So what if the guys that are talented people and they have an angle that's different than others and they leverage AI. I think I think it's a very weird year 2024 in a positive way. And whenever people are afraid, which a lot of people are going to be afraid in 2024, fear sharpens listening. 2024 is going to be a year a lot of people are going to be afraid. So your founder, CEO, Valuetainment, you guys are pumping out. Do you know how much content you're pumping out? I honestly couldn't tell you. I know it's a lot of stuff right now. Uh, I think... I think 50 to 100 upload, uploads on across multiple channels, couple podcasts a week, two, three podcasts a week. Yeah. I, so we, so I do PPD podcasts. We'll do two minimum a week, unless I'm out of town. Sometimes we'll do three. Then you got by team of comedy. They do their things. And you got sauce cast. Then you got unusual suspect. Then you got VTSC. You got a few other things that we're doing. And then we cut all those stuff in short clips. And so we got a lot of stuff that's going on. We got by team that I'm doing the how to on Monday, on Wednesday. It's a lot of stuff that's going on right now. So 2024, what are some of your thinking for content creators and maybe first for the upstart? Because you're at, I mean, we're at a different scale. You're at a whole different scale. And some people are trying to figure out a side hustle, speak to them. And then we'll talk about media companies at scale. Got it. So somebody that's getting started, look at everybody on the marketplace and get everybody a score. Here's what I mean by it. So you know how in baseball, this guy named uh, uh, Billy Bean, uh, the movie Moneyball with Brad Pitt, right? The guy, Billy Bean, he's the only guy I brought to events three times. I love interviewing this guy and he never lets me interview him. It's the only thing. We love doing it, but he never wants his stuff to be recorded for whatever reason. No problem. I respect it. So in baseball, they say this guy's a five-tool player. He's fast. He's a good hitter. He's a good defender. Bah, 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 bah. So he's a five-tool player, right? In content creation, there is the concept of five tool except 
Maybe it's not five tool, it's three tool, it's four tool, but there's different tools. So for example, in podcasting, there are guys that are very good interviewers. They ask very good questions, okay? There are guys that only ask the questions that ChatGBT pops out. What they don't realize is a great interviewer asks the follow-up question. So not the first question, but the second one. How did you feel about that? What do you think about this? What about if this happens? What about if that happens? ChatGPT doesn't tell you the reaction questions, right? But some people are very good interviewers. Number two, some people are entertaining. They're funny, they're comedian, or they've got this temper, or they got an animated way of explaining whatever they're... So the, the personality is, you're just attracted by these guys. Like, well, I guess a very interesting guy. I want to know more about the guy. Then the third factor of somebody that's doing interviews is good questions, entertaining. The next one is, you're sexy. You're attractive. You got muscles. You got nice body. You got all this stuff. So if you got it, use it, right? Good looking people on camera. It helps you as well. There's a lot of people that got millions of followers because they're attractive, but nobody cares about the content. You're just hot as hell, Mm -hmm. right? So then the last one is somebody that is also very, very good with their opinions. So I want to know, what does this guy think? Interesting. Very interesting angle. So for example, Joe Rogan, you watch him. He's entertaining. He's funny. You like his personality. He can talk content on different levels. So you follow the guy. Like, I actually really want to hear what this guy has to say. So your opinion could be sports. Like all of a sudden, Pat McAfee is doing sports and talking about what's going on. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is on his podcast every week. And the next thing, you know, Spotify picks him up. And then, boom, ESPN picks him up. And he's getting paid all this money. What happened all of a sudden? The guy had a personality. He was different. He was fired up. He's got big personality. He's asking the tough questions. He's got strong opinions, criticism of the league. He's got all of that stuff. He's like a five-tool content creator, right? So you have to look at, as a starter, what angle you're going to take that's different than others. And on the content side, write down topics you're very good at and then see how many layers you can go deep on. So for example, I used to ask myself, okay, let me see if I'm good in the business topics. Then I would watch a podcast guy on business and he's interviewing somebody and he asked them the question. I would say, pause. How would you answer it? I would answer it this way. Write it down. Okay, now let's see how he answers it. Okay, I think your answer is better. Okay, cool. So you can hang with this guy. Next question, boom. How would you answer it? Pause. Here's how I would answer it. Click. Now his answer is better. You're kind of checking to see what level of expertise you got on topics. So then you realize, I can't go that deep on this topic, but I can go deep on these two topics. And the market, the more multidimensional you are to go seven, eight, nine layers deeper, the more of an audience you're going to have. So some audience for Vitamin, they'll come and say, man, I want love your mob interviews, okay? Hey, I love your business content. I started being an entrepreneur ever since I watched Vitamin. I love your political stuff. I love the podcast opinions you got on what's going on. I like your take on business. I like what you're doing with Iran. I like your interviews with bodybuilding. If you are wider with areas you can go deeper on, there's a market for it. So if you're small, getting started, kind of look where you are yourself. Ask others what your topics are. And then find a way to see where you're a differentiator at and then go test it. You're never going to know what's going to happen, but you go test it. And then you're like, you know what? Two years later, I only had a thousand subscribers. Most people don't realize this. I did this for two years. After you started Valuetainment, two years later, two years later only a thousand. Go look at the numbers. I started in November of 2012, first video. Two years later, November 2014, we only have a thousand subscribers. When Life of an Entrepreneur came out in 1990 seconds, that video was uploaded October 30th. I'll give you the exact date of 2015. If you go look at the channel, October 30th of 2015, I've already been there for three years. We only have 2000 subscribers. 
The video goes out. I put the title, best motivational video of the year. It only gets 2,500 views. I put it on Facebook, direct upload. When Facebook first came out with this, it gets 10 million views the first 24 hours. That goes viral. And then we went to 15,000 subscribers, 20,000. Then I interviewed Mark Cuban. Then this thing goes to 100,000. So you can't be sitting there saying, wow, look, Sean's got, you know, this many millions of these guys are doing this, that guy's doing that. Add a thousand subs after two years. Okay. So you can't go doing this expecting you're going to have a million within a year. So now let's talk about media companies. Maybe people got money, maybe. Yep. Um, if you got money, do you go big first or do you still kind of bootstrap? No, nope. there's a lot of guys that want to spend a quarter million dollars a month buying subscribers. You know who they are. I know who they are. How are they doing today? Gone. Gone. You know why? Because those subscribers bought you because you were spending money, but you're no longer interesting. Mm-hmm. You were just in their faces. So if you are able to get subscribers without doing any ads and they show up because your content is that great where people are sharing it, now you have real fans that are staying with you. Don't get me wrong. Like for us, if I, we spend money on ads, we're only doing ads because it's a bald conference or EPW or we have SLS coming up or we're doing an ad for our app that we just launched, Minect, M-I-N-N-E-C-T, Minect. You can ask me any questions. DM me a text or video or have a 50-minute call with me and you pay for it by the minute. We'll do ads on that, but we don't do ads on YouTube channels. Okay, We don't do ads on that. We may do it in the future, but we haven't done it right now because first go on the right, see if you're interesting, see if people like you, see if you're doing good. Then you're like, okay, so some guys are, well, I got 200,000 subscribers and I'll go and say, yeah, but I look at your last 30 videos, 293 views, 998 views. Dude, people. And then I go all the way to the back. Oh, he has that one video at 48 million views. Oh, it was an ad to a funnel. I got you. That's not real 250,000 subs. It's a different 250,000 subs. So if you're solving for a funnel to sell a project, product, great. But if you're doing it because you want to be an influencer, you have to go through the grind of whether you can make it or not. By the way, you and I did it without AI. We didn't have AI. We didn't have ChatGPT. We didn't have any of that stuff. You're just kind of testing. Today, People can do it 10 times faster than you and I because they have better tools than we had. We didn't have these tools. These tools are making things very easy today. But the edge that we had is the audience we got are actually audience we worked very, very hard for. So that's the only disadvantage, guys that come in with money and they're thinking they're winning, but it's it's fake. You're not, you're not really winning. Hey, we're about to get back into the podcast in just a second, but I have a question for you. Do you want to grow your personal brand this year? Do you need more leads and sales in your business? If the answer is yes, then right now is the best time to go all in on YouTube. Today's podcast is brought to you by thinkmasterclass.com, where you can get on-demand access to a one-hour deep dive training revealing how to start and grow a profitable YouTube channel this year. For a limited time, you can get access to this on-demand class entirely for free, where you will learn the three biggest mistakes that people make when starting a YouTube channel. The new rules and changes that have been happening on YouTube and how you can use them to create an unfair advantage. And the exact strategy we use at Think Media to generate over 350,000 organic views every single day. The data is clear. 70% of viewers claim that YouTube makes them more aware of new brands. So don't wait any longer to start growing your brand and business with YouTube. 
Just go to thinkmasterclass.com to get access to this no-fluff, highly tactical, free on-demand training. That's thinkmasterclass.com. We're going to talk about enemies in a second, but as the author of your next five moves, which just continues to grow, grow more momentum, I was watching you when we were doing uh, your elite coaching and I'm learning and you pull up your screen. You have multiple books on top charts right now. And that's one of my favorite books, your next five moves. Knowing that you're always thinking moves ahead with a media company, with real fans, with real momentum, you mentioned a couple of things, AI, if you summarized a few things, 2024, what moves are you thinking in media? Yeah, that's a good question. So to me, right now, all I'm thinking about, uh, by the way, can you see if Mario has a copy of the Choose Your Enemies Wisely somewhere over there? If one of you guys can give it to me, Mario, I think you got it. Or Sam, if you can grab a copy of it. So the only thing on my mind right now, Sean, only thing when it coming down to all the companies we're running is hiring nines and tens. That's all I'm thinking about. All I'm thinking about is, thank you. All I'm thinking about right now is hiring nines and tens. What do I mean by that? Um, we just hired an executive from uh, Disney who'll be starting with us December 11th. I was in LA yesterday at Catch sitting down with another executive who worked directly with somebody you definitely know that's a Fortune 50 company. And these guys are very expensive hires. They're not cheap hires. The salaries are very expensive. So for me, I'm not accustomed to this yet, to hire people like this. But while I'm reading, you know, Stephen Schwartzman's Whatever It Takes, and this guy's a $30 billion guy, or you read No Rules Rules, and you're seeing how these guys build their empires, they brought people in that they had to pay big dollars for. So we're getting the system of creating a culture with the right benefits to attract those eights, nines, and tens. And then at the same time, being able to give them an opportunity that maybe an Apple or a Disney or a Amazon or Netflix cannot offer because they're already $200 billion companies. So that $200 billion company being worth a trillion dollars, do you want to wait 10 years? What if I come to a company that's worth $200 million and I take that company to be a $50 billion company. Holy shit, what is that equity worth? So I'm recruiting that talent to put a super team together. All I'm thinking about right now is putting our Avengers together. We don't have them yet, but that's what we're doing. And maybe not everybody can get nines and tens, but build a team, get some help. 100%. 100%. I think, well, I think one of the things you did, like when I look at your eyes right now, it's different eyes than I see when I saw the eyes of two years ago. And I think you agree. You just turned 40 years old. Yeah. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. But you're fresher, younger, and hungrier today than you were at 38. So what So what happened? Because you finally are like, you're rich. You're a multimillionaire. You made money. You got a good life. You contribute to your church. You live in a nice place. You got your family. You're an influencer. You got respect when you go to places. So what happened to you? Even a guy like you where you're at, where some people are like, I'd love to be a Sean Cannell. You recreated yourself, right? You're like, here's what I'm going to be going through. Your team's bigger. You're about to have your retreat. You're excited about your three, four day retreat. What happened? You got your vision clear and you said, I got to go find my guys that we can build this incredible team together with, right? Anybody watching this, it's, you don't have an assistant, go get your assistant. You don't have an editor, go get an editor. You don't have a shooter, go get the shooter. But you got to be thinking about recruiting that talent of yours to start helping you grow exponentially. You can't do it by yourself. Choose your enemies wisely. Yes. New book. By the time this drops, because this comes out December 
fifth. So this this has probably all happened at the same time. Of course, we'll link it up. No, I already pre-ordered a couple copies. Read. Uh, we'll link that up in the show notes. What does it mean? What does choose your enemies wisely mean? I learned a long time ago, guys who take their game to a whole different level. When I say level, I'm talking Brady status, Musk status, Jordan status. They have a combination of three things that others don't have. Number one thing they have, they have experienced unconditional love from one person. The best thing about experiencing unconditional love from one person is the following. Say this person is your mother. Typically for a man, it's their mom. For a woman, sometimes it's their dad. What is unconditional love? You come home drunk, they forgive you. You crash their car, they forgive you. You embarrass them in front of their family. They chew you out, but they forgive you and they still love you. And you're in the car by yourself and you just talk rudely to your mom and she calls you saying, baby, whatever you do tonight, just don't. Mommy loves you. I know you're upset with me. And you ask yourself this question, you're like, how the hell can this person love me the way she does? So what does that do to you? For the rest of your life, you're willing to risk having relationships with people because you've experienced unconditional love one time. You have to experience that or else you're afraid to risk that, right? Number two, second thing you need is someone in your life that you loved, that shattered your heart, that destroyed your heart. Nothing you could ever do, you will earn or gain that person's approval. Nothing, six pack. Bench five plates, become a millionaire, billionaire, buy the biggest house, become a sports owner, does marry the hottest girl, does not matter. You are never going to win this person over. That's pain. You need a lot of that pain. And last but not least, you know what it is? Is choose your enemies wisely. Most people don't choose their enemies wisely. There's so many examples of choosing the wrong enemy. Uh, Bob Iger right now is choosing the wrong enemy. He's choosing us as an enemy. We're not the freaking enemy. We're your ally. We're your number one customer. We want you to succeed. We want better cartoons. We want better movies. We grew up watching this kind of stuff. We want you to do better, but he chose us as enemies. Or maybe the board chose us as, as enemies. Big mistake. Blockbuster chose no enemies. They weren't intimidated by Netflix. They didn't think they were going to come after him. They're like, nah, 50 million bucks. They chose the customers as enemies. 17 days, three ninety nine late fee. Big mistake. There's so many examples of that. But if you get the right enemy, you know, like uh, we're talking about this when it comes down to books. I, as a person that's consulting a lot of people and coaching a lot of people, I like to have books to recommend for the individual to go read that will help them resolve the next issue they're going through. Hey, leadership book, what do you recommend? Go read this book by Maxwell. Go read this book on LinkedIn on leadership. Hey, I'm going through a hard time right now. I want some biographies. Go read Musk's book. Go read Schwartzman's book. Go read Ride of a Lifetime of Bob Iger. Go read all these. Okay, I'm trying to go raise money and I'm trying to get into private equity. What do I do? Read Buffett's book, read Munger's book, read Cram's book. I'm trying to get married and should I get, go read 101 questions to ask before you get engaged. I'm trying to, all of this stuff, I want a book recommendation. Do you know there's not a book right now you can recommend to anybody when it comes down to business planning? Not one. When I saw that, I didn't have people who want to, I don't want to write this book. I want the book to be there, so I give it to you. But if it's not there, I'm going to write the book. Hey, Pat, I'm going to write a business, I want a book every year for people to read in December for business planning. This doesn't exist. Whether you're a billionaire, millionaire, an athlete, a politician, a pastor, getting started, this book teaches you the 12 building blocks of writing a business plan, six logical, six emotional, to get you the biggest rate of return with the plan where 
you don't just write it, set it aside. You write it, you're like, dude, this is absolutely amazing. That's why I wrote this book, Choose Your Enemies Wisely. If you're a mom, what's an example of an enemy? Are you kidding me? Public education? What they're doing to your kids? You know, cartoons, Netflix, you know, YouTube, uh, um, Apple, uh, politicians in different states, California, Newsom, you know, governors in different states, local school administrators, principals, you know, your district, your, you know, whatever district you're in that's choosing to put certain books in there. I can give you a list of enemies for a mom out there that gets them pissed off. So for a mom that sits there and says, I am so sick and tired of what they're doing to my kids. Guess what, mom? Run for something. Go run for something. Go run for office in your school. You'd be amazed how much of a chance you got of doing something uh, with that. Get together with 50 other moms and say, guys, which one of you wants to run? If you don't want to run, I'll run. But someone's got to run. And we got to be on the board because this is a shit show right now in the school. No problem. Mary, you want to run? I'm so busy. Becky, do you want to run? No. Okay, why don't we do this? Let's all write names on who we want to run. Go ahead, put it in there. Da, 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 da. Okay, Mary got 19 votes. Oh my God, Mary, we want you to run. Let's support you. Let's go. But we put her in the school. To, now you're changing. Now you're protecting books. That book can't be here. This book can't be there. There's a list of them. But uh, our public school education right now is horrible. And what they're doing to our kids is dangerous. Moms have many, many, many enemies that I'm sure drives them insane. They got to use that force and energy to unite and do something about it. If they do, their kids will be protected. If they don't, they could potentially lose their kids to some pathetic mindsets for the next decade or two, which is scary. And the language of enemies, because that makes total sense, it's totally clear. But how would you bridge that for someone that's like, what are they, my enemy? Yeah. So they might have that level of aggression if you're, yeah. Totally fine. Listen, uh, uh, you can be passive or tolerant or, you know, I just don't like that word. You know, like it's the word hate. We never use the word hate. No problem. The other night I'm having dinner with my family and my son, Dylan, who's super competitive, but he hates certain things. So I asked him a question. I said, I got a question for you about competition. What's that, daddy? I said, do you love winning? Or do you hate losing? Half a second, he thinks about it. He says, Dad, I hate losing. I look at Jen, I'm like, babe, I told you. Some of the greatest winners in the world are the ones who hate losing. So what do they do? They're overly prepared. They overtrain. They overread. They overprepare because they're not going to be publicly humiliated. They lost the game. Kobe goes back to the gym, makes another thousand shots. He's ready for the next day. He missed three free throws. He's not going to do it again the next day. This concept of hating to lose is a powerful thing. So hate isn't from the hate that people, th I hate Johnny. No, whatever you don't hate, you will learn to tolerate. And there's way too many tolerant Christians that are ruining America today. So stop being so tolerant and start identifying your enemies want to take away what you love. They want to confuse them. They want to take that away from you. It's on you to use the fuel of their enemies because if you're going to be so tolerant, you know what they're going to do? They're going to capitalize off your tolerance. They're going to be like, oh, I'm so glad he's tolerant. I interviewed this guy. I don't know if I told you about it the last time we sat down together. This guy who was a, a child, uh, uh, what do you call it, pedophile. He does 12 years in jail, comes out, and he's willing to agree to an interview. And the guy starts asking him questions. The girl asks him questions. So, so who are your targets? And he says, oh, any family that doesn't believe in God, any family that the father's not involved, any family where, you know, the mom and dad don't watch, 
what the kids are doing. Any family that allows me to take their kids to babysit them or play sports with them, that they're not really caring if they're going to be with me at the park. Those are the targets for me. But if the father's involved, if the family's a Christian with values and principles, and if they have siblings that love each other, I can't target those families. That's an enemy. If that doesn't piss you off in your belly, what do you call that? Do you say, let's be tolerant with this person? That is the most pathetic thing I've ever heard. No, we have to be a little bit paranoid. We have to be a little bit, you know, uh, protective of the people that are in our lives. We only have them for 18 years. We only have them for that long. So for me, yeah, stop being so sensitive when it comes down to words like enemies um, because they definitely are very comfortable looking at you as an enemy. There's uh, there's real evil in the world. Our, uh, uh, my pastor in the Pacific Northwest, Russell Johnson, the Pursuit Northwest Church, just started a political action committee. Leaves in prayer, leaves in preaching, but doesn't, we got to get involved though. We actually got to get involved. Yep. So you mentioned some things for moms, pastors, and just that we can't be passive. We got to get active. Content creators, enemies, any different perspective, obviously what kind of content are you creating, but you know, just trying to apply the book to thinking about maybe content creators feeling a little passive. I know when I get clear on an enemy, you've helped me do that. I got a whole nother level of drive, a whole nother level of fire for those that are locking that fire. They obviously can pick up the book, but does anything come to mind? You're, you're a content creator or a framework to help you maybe from the book identify, okay, oh wow, now I'm getting lit. Yeah. So the, the easiest exercise in, in the book, there's 10 different types of enemies that we talk about in the book and how to use it maximum. But I'll give you the best exercise. I'm on a flight back from Chicago and I have my yellow notepad. And I, sometimes I loved flying by myself because I could think and really process stuff that I was going through to take it to the next level. So I take the yellow notepad out and I start making a list of the most offensive, painful comments, remarks people have said to my face or behind my back. I saw writing it. That one time she said this to me. That one time that ex said this. That one time that relative said this. My teacher said this. That former boss said this. That guy said this. And at this point, I'm just like, bye, 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 bye. I get down to 20, 30, I maybe get to 40. And then I start ranking. And I'm like, which one gets me fired up? The most? At this point, I'm on the flight. I'm on fire, right? I'm on this flight back. And I'm like, oh, this is number one. I go, what's number two? This is number two. This is number three. This is four. This is five. I get my 10, five or 10. And I start reading it every flipping day. So rather than saying stuff like, you're the, I'm proud of you. I love you, honey. No, the opposite. You ain't never going to do shit with your life. You're a loser. You're not going to make it without me. Okay. No one's ever going to marry you. Who do you think you are? You are so lucky you had me. You will never find a girl better than me. You will never find a man better than me. Those comments are freaking unbelievable, right? So you're a content creator. Okay. What have people said about you? Mm. First time I started content, one of my guys came up to me and rumors started spreading in the insurance company. And they said, Pat wants to leave. The insurance company started and he wants to be a motivational speaker. Three guys said it. My best guys, by the way. So I pulled them aside. I said, hey guys, you think I want to be motivational speakers? They said, yeah. I said, so why do you think I'm creating this content? So, well, you share it with us. I said, oh, I share it with you. So, you think the videos I'm getting is because I'm sending it in a text distribution. No problem. Moving forward, I will never send you a video. You know what happened? I never, ever once sent them the video because I didn't want them to think 
that I'm doing it to get viewership. You go to vault events before. Who are the only people that can't come to vault events? My guys from the insurance company. They cannot buy the ticket to go. Why? Because I did not want them to think I'm using them to get eyeballs. You know what that did to me? It drove me in ways I can't even describe. Mm. That subtle little comment to say, Pat wants to be a motivational speaker. I use it as fuel. There's so many different examples you can find of what people say to you, but that's just the starters. Obviously, when you order the book, choose your enemies wisely. Yeah. By the way, in the audio, I typically buy the physical and the audible because I tell some stories in the audible that I didn't write in a book, which is sick, but uh, I bought them when you order it. I love it. Well, listen, we're going to link up, of course, in the show notes, get the book, get the audible, get both and choose your enemies wisely. Uh, PBD, so grateful for you. Any shout outs? What's happening? I mean, roll call. We're going to 2024. How can people engage, get connected? You know, we're going to the vault. We're bringing our executives to uh, a vault, like five, six executive tickets, that. CEO yeah. ticket. I love that. It's conference changed my life last year for business. What owners. a community, right? How, how everybody really cool. is together. Yeah, it's a very interesting community. Next level. I mean, in the workbook and everything, it really challenged me at a whole nother level for uh, leadership, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, what's up? What, what are you up to? I, I, if I were to say anything, like my, I have this bipolar relationship, right? There's a side of me that's overly paranoid. Where it's like, hey, careful with this. What about this? And what about that? And what about this? But an overwhelming side of me is so flippant optimistic about what's about to happen. An overwhelming side of me is excited about who's the next talent that's going to come out that's going to do better than us. I mean, you know, we're sitting here talking. What you and I do is not one one hundredth of what Mr. Beast is doing or one whatever the number is, right, of what he's doing. Who is this guy? Younger guy came in revolution as a multi-billionaire now where, you know, big multi-billion dollar industries are contacting a guy like that. The future looks, I'm 45 years old, so I'm on the other side. But there could be 20-year-olds watching right now, 18-year-olds watching, 14-year-olds watching right now. They're going to take this type of content and do stuff that we're like, oh my God, that guy used YouTube to become a president? What? The game has changed. It's a very different time. This is not a regular time. We we haven't even figured out half the ways of using these tools. So I think I'm watching kids very closely, what they're doing. I'm watching 14, 15, 16-year-olds, content creators to see what tools they're using. There's a whole different segment right now to the marketplace that we have to pay attention to. We can't fall for the trap of, I'm 45. Do you know who I am? I'm a grown man, you know, all this stuff. Uh, many grown companies are going bankrupt today because they think they're grown companies being destroyed by younger companies. This is by far the worst time to think just because you have experience, you know what the other guy doesn't. You're going to get blindsided. Social mentality, stay learning, stay humble, you know, stay in grateful mode, you know, keep your eyes open, keep your ears open and future looks bright. That's bet David. Think Media Podcast, like, share, leave a review. Appreciate you. My man, anytime, anytime. If you enjoyed this podcast and are ready for some deep dive YouTube strategy, just go to thinkmasterclass.com to get access to my one hour on demand YouTube strategy class. You'll be looking over my shoulder as I share my best tips and you can watch it on demand right now at thinkmasterclass.com.